Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. This morning, I'm actually going to be sharing on friendships. And I'm going to be sharing about um, how us as Christians, we need to put a tremendous value on the people that we spend our time with. And, you know, there are so many pulls and distractions and influences on us as Christians. And one of the biggest grounding factors for us is the people that are closest to us. And if we have godly friends in our life and we have godly people that are surrounding us, you will see the blessing and the anointing and the encouragement that begins to flow. So if you've got your Bible here this morning, uh, I'm going to get you to turn to the book of Mark. We're going to turn to chapter 2, start from verses 1. And this is uh, Jesus as he's beginning his ministry uh, while he was here on earth. And so let's read. It says, And again he entered Capernaum after some days. This is talking about Jesus. And it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that, so that there was no room to receive them. Now even near the, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then, then they came to him, bring a paralytic who was carried by four men. So basically, Jesus is preaching in his ministry. There's a young man there that has been carried in. He's a paralytic. He's paralyzed. He can't move. He's been carried in by four men. And the room is so big that there's just, there's no room in there. Uh, you know, there's a crowded place. So He's in there, and then the verse goes on to say in chapter 4, it says, And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. So basically, he, this paralyzed man was in this house, and there was no room for him to get in. And so instead of being like, Oh, you know what, buddy? No room, let's come, let's try again next week. You're going, to, you're going to not be able to move again for another week. No, 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 no. His friends that were there with him, they ripped open the roof and they put him down. And then we go uh, down to verse 11. It says, this, this is Jesus talking. I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and he went into the presence of them all. So that all... Uh, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. And so what I want to say here is that this man had people around him. He had godly people that wanted to get him his breakthrough. And that a man like this, you know, it's probably a detail that's overlooked, but basically this guy had four guys that were around him that allowed him to, you know, they, they didn't settle for him to, you know, be, continue, you know, because the room was busy and all this stuff. They didn't just settle. They ripped open the roof and put him down so he could get his healing. And, you know, we need people like that in our life that are not going to settle for us just being in our bondage and our sin and our iniquity and our hurt. You know, we need guys and girls around our life that will begin to rip open the roof and allow us to get our breakthrough, yeah. allow us to get our healing. Yeah. And this man here... Really, he received his healing because his friends were not willing to give up on him. In this situation, uh, his friends literally had his back. He was paralyzed, so they had his back, all right. But, you know, we need friends that will be there and stick uh, through 
the, the thick and the thin. And you know, often in life we can have interesting friends. We have good friends, we have bad friends, we have some pretty out there friends. You know, have you ever had those friends that, uh, you know, that grow up with and they don't really care about your best interests, they just pressure you to do stuff uh, for the laughs? Anybody ever had them this morning? A few of us, I think all of us have those friends. I remember one specific moment when I was at school, I was in year six, and uh, this was back in Christchurch, New Zealand, and uh, me, James, and Melody, we were all uh, at Middleton Grange School there in Christchurch, and I uh, went right from year zero through to year 13, and so at our school there, they had different like sections, so like the primary school had a section in the school, and then there's the middle school, then intermediate, and then high school, and stuff like that, and basically, me and James were never in the kind of the same school system, so I would be in the primary school, and then he'd be up in the senior school, but I remember one specific lunchtime, uh, James and his group of friends came across from the senior school down to the primary school while we were playing soccer. And then I remember looking across and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's my big brother. You know, when you're young and you're like really like, oh my gosh, there's, oh guys, that's my brother, that's my brother. But your voice is like way higher. Um, but you know, you're looking at him like, oh my gosh. And so I run over and then him and his friends are there. And um, I don't know what they were thinking, but <laughs> one of the first things they tell me to do, they're like, hey, see that boy over there? oh yeah, I know him, yeah, go tackle him. So I was like, oh yeah, sweet, sweet, sweet. So I run over there and go tackle him down and then I come back over to James and them and then I'm looking at him, he's like, see that guy over there? I'm like, yeah, and he goes, smash him. So I run over there and I go tackle him down and stuff. And basically I was just doing it to impress like James and his friends, you know, you're like the little little kid and you're really wanting to impress everybody. And so uh, I'm like, yeah, and so <laughs> you go over there with your high pitch, voice, oh, hi James, yeah, I'll do that, I'll tackle that kid. And you know how it is. And so basically this is all happening and then <laughs> James and his friends, you know, go back and we go back to class, the bell rings. I go back to my class and then I get called into a meeting with a teacher and it's basically like a full-on counseling session. The kid that I tackled was crying and I'm there, I'm, I'm thinking just like, yeah, I was just doing it for, for James and like, you know, for, for these guys. And then I'm in the middle of this meeting, the kid's crying, I'm in like deep trouble. Basically, I'm known as like the bully in our year now. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, this is just for James. And then, uh, but basically, I was like trapped in this situation here. And uh, needless to say, the people around me, James, didn't have my best interest at heart. All they wanted to do was see some kids smashing each other. But, you know, I'm the one that's left with the repercussion. And obviously, things have changed now, James is... Uh, the one that would lay his life down for me as the younger brother. But, uh, you know, when, <laughs> when you're younger, you know, you have friends that do all sorts of stuff, pulling you in, pulling you out. And often, even like to this day, we have people around our life that, honestly, if we looked at it, don't have our best interest at heart. You know, you've got people that are uh, really just there for you to have a good time with them, but they don't really care about, you know, what you are doing as a person and where you're going. And we need to get people around our life that have the best, our best interests at heart. That ultimately, they want what is best for us. And right throughout the, the spectrum, whether they're Christian, whether they're not, we need people in our life that are going to be there for us. And, you know, in life, friends are so important. Sometimes we overlook it. You know, we just think, oh yeah, I've got friends. We've got people that like, don't even care about friends, eh? like the super melancholy people that wouldn't even care if they were the only people on the face of the planet. Like, they're just like, yo, like, yo, I hate people. You know, ever meet those people? Sweet. Uh, but you, know, you, you need friends that are going to stand there f with you, that are going to be there with you, that are going to encourage you, that will pray with you, that will fight for you, that when the going gets tough, they stand with you. 
And these are the type of people we need in our life. And often we can overlook it. We can think, oh, you know, there's, you know, I just hang out with all sorts of people. But no, 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 no. We need good godly friends. You know, we need people that will draw us to the things of God. And you may not realize this, but the people you surround yourself have tremendous influence on who you are becoming. And this is just, you know, like you hear the cliches around uh, and and all all across the spectrum that say, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me your five closest friends, I'll show you the next five years of your life. And you know, these are common quotes that we hear, but it's so true because when you surround yourself with people, they have an influence on you. And you want the people that are influencing you to influence you to things that are good and not bad. And the people that, you, you think about it just logically, if you have people around you that are constantly talking with you, constantly sharing with you, telling you jokes, influencing you, these people are going to shape who you become. We talk about in 412 all the time that if you begin to hang out with surfers, if you've got all your friends are surfing, it's just a matter of time before you get out on the water. Like, you know, if all your friends are in the gym, it's just a matter of time before you're in there with them, you know, spotting with them, lifting weights. If all your friends are out drinking, it's just a matter of time before you're there with them. It works both ways, and we've got to make careful decisions who we spend our time with, because who we spend our time with is going to determine what we do during that time. And if we're spending our time with people that are not good, godly people, that are you know, getting involved with wrong things, we will end up doing wrong things with them. But if you spend time with godly people, I can guarantee you this, you'll begin to do godly things. And it's a, it's a spiritual principle that will influence us for good or for bad. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. This right here, you know, growing up in church, you hear this all the time. Oh, you know, bad company corrupts good morals and all this thing. But over the last few weeks, I've been thinking about the scripture and it's actually a spiritual principle that if you spend time with bad people, with bad company, your good character is going to fall your good character is going to be corrupted. And what's interesting here is the, the more you spend time with bad people, the, the worse your morals are going to become. Because when you spend time with bad people, the Bible is clear, you will do bad things. And, and what's interesting is not saying if you spend time with uh, bad people, your bad morals are going to get worse. No, they're saying your good character is going to be corrupted. The good things that has been built within you are going to begin to fall. And we need to realize that the more we spend time with bad people, and by bad people, I just mean like sinful stuff, you know, all these things, we need to realize that our, like our character is going to be corrupted. The things that we're built in are going to fall down. And so we need to make sure that we are being wise who we spend time with. Proverbs 13 verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. So it works both ways. Bad company corrupts good character. But if you walk with the wise, you will become more wise. We need to be wise about who we're spending our time with. And if we spend time with people who are wise, the Bible says we will be more wise. If we spend time with godly people, I'll tell you this, you'll become more godly. And we need to begin to, I think, in the church and as people, we need to begin to put honor and due respect on the friendships that we have. Sometimes we need to do a, 
a, a check of who the people we are spending our time with because sometimes if you look at the sin in areas of bondage in your life or the things that you struggle with and you're wondering, I'm continually struggling with this. Why am I continually struggling with alcohol? Why am I continually struggling with these sexual areas? Well, I think one of the best things we can do is begin to look at our friends and begin to look at the people that we spend our time with. If all your friends are drinking, then we've got a problem. Because if you come out of that environment, I'll tell you this, immediately a lot of the pressure and a lot of the temptation is just going to fall, which is good, all right? So we need to, you know, our friends can be the biggest blessing or they can be the biggest blockage to our life. We need to be careful about who we spend our time with. I wrote this down. God puts people in your life that help you in your calling. The enemy will put people in your life to take you out of your calling. You know, it's interesting, God never calls us to do our life on our own. That's why we are the church. We are the people of God. We are a body. We are a family that we come together in as one people, as one body. And we, that's why CGs are so important. You connect into a CG, you connect in with the brothers and the sisters. Immediately, you have a support group of people that are wanting the best for you. So when people aren't connecting into CGI, it's like, you know, if you knew the value of that, I can tell you this, your life would be so much better because you have people that will pray for you. You have people that will stick there with you, that their battles become your battles. Your battles become my battles. Through the thick, through the thin, we stand together. And I'll tell you this, connecting in with godly people, oh my gosh, it is so rewarding. You know, sometimes we don't even really think about the friends that we spend our time with. We just, you know, we just hang out with the people that we vibe with or that, you know, it's just a good time. But I'll tell you this, just because you vibe with someone doesn't mean you should do life with someone, right? We, just because it's a good time doesn't necessarily mean you should spend all your time with them because the people you spend all your time with, I can guarantee you this, there's going to be attributes of their life that are going to come into your life. And we need to be careful about that. Every relationship will take you on a journey. I've heard this plenty of times before in church. Your mates are gates. Your mates will open doors for you. And I want to tell you this, you want to make sure those doors that are being opened are godly doors and not chowsy doors. <laughs> chowsy. That's like a real 412 thing. Like no one really knows what that is in the old people. If you went to Aboriginal school, you would know exactly what that is. But uh, anyway, let's move on. <laughs> But, you know, you've got to be careful about who you spend your time with, right? Who you spend in your closest circle. And what I'm not trying to do here is try to paint the picture of, you know, get rid of all your friends and only have godly friends. If they're not in the kingdom, don't even talk to them, right? Like, that's just not even the gospel. The gospel is to go and preach the good news to all of mankind. But I'll tell you this, there is people that we have around our life that we spend most of our time with. It's like our inner circle, the, the, the people that we spend, you know, and we do life with, we share with, we talk with. I want to tell you this, we need to begin to be careful about who those people are. Because if you're spending all your time with people that aren't good, I'll tell you this, life is not going to be great. But if you spend time with people that are godly, life will be great. And, you know, I think for some of us, we need to check who has the influence in our friendships. If you have the influence on your friend's life, then that's great. Keep that going. Bring them into the church. Bring them into the things of God. But if they have the influence on you and you realize that the more you spend time with this people, like these friends and these people, that you're, you know, the way 
you do things begins to change, often you can tell the friendship's not good because you'll say things you don't normally say and you'll do things you don't normally do and you'll begin to joke in a way that you wouldn't normally joke and there's pressure on you to do certain things. If you have friends that you feel pressure to do things that you are uncomfortable with, I want to tell you that right there is a friendship that you should check and maybe pull back. You know, we're talking a lot about COVID-19. Some of us need a social distance from bad friends. Six feet away, you know, keep, <laughs> keep it going. But, you know, uh, this isn't just for Christians. Like, this principle, is because it's a principle, it works across the spectrum. Like, you listen to billionaires talk. They'll say, look, one of the things I had to do as a young man is I had to get away from the friends that just went to parties and just went drinking or just about a good time. I had to get away from those friends, and I had to get around people that were, you know, focused on uh, education and whatever they did, and through that, you know, I sacrificed my weekends, and I sacrificed those friends, and I got around mentors and things like that, and now to this day, you know, that decision there has affected me tremendously. Now I'm a billionaire, and blah, 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 blah. But you look back, it's the friends that they hung out with were either going to catapult them into their destiny or they were going to pull them out. And so for us, you know, we need to be careful that if we're spending time with people that aren't godly, they can easily pull us out of our calling. And one of the things is, is this, is that us as Christians, one of our biggest priorities should be the call of God. That above anything else, that we put God number one. And if we have friends and family members or people around our life, relationships that are pulling us out of the things of God, then that is not a good friendship. We need friends and people that would stick there with us, pushing us into our destiny, pushing us into the things of God, pushing us to go and, you know, reach the harvest. That should be the people that we spend our time with. If we're spending our time, like all our time with people that are doing bad things, I'll tell you this, it's not going to be great for our spiritual walk and for our calling and our destiny. We need to put big value on these things. You know, James says this all the time before and too, our closest friends should be closest to God. The people we spend most of our time with should spend most of their time with God. When we do that, I'll tell you this, mindsets shift, opinions shift, the, the weird concepts we have in our mind, they begin to shift. You know, we get challenged. You know the scripture that says, iron sharpens iron, so does one man to another. That's really interesting because sometimes we can say, oh yeah, iron sharpens iron. But when you get two pieces of iron together and begin to sharpen them, there's friction, there's sparks. And it's the friction, it's the pulling, it's the, the rough edges against each other. That's what makes each other, th those two pieces sharp. And so often we can hang out with people that's all like, yeah, I know, it's a good time, it's a good time. But sometimes the friends we hang out with where there's a little bit of friction, like good godly friction, where we challenge each other, we say, hey, you know, that's not right, that concept that you've got's not right. That is what sharpens us and makes us more godly. It's the, it's the friction, it's the pulling. That right there, that is what makes us more godly. And so we need to begin to realize that, hey, sometimes in our friendships, having a wee good discussion, healthy, respectful discussion with each other about some of the things we believe in. If I'm doing things that's not right and I have friends that are willing to tell me about that, I'll tell you this, the friction in that will make you a sharper Christian. The friction in that will make you more godly. And that's what we want. You know, when we look at the life of Jesus here on earth, it's really interesting because some, I've heard people try to justify bad friendships and bad relationships with people because, oh no, Jesus hung out with prostitutes. Jesus hung out with tax collectors. That's why those were his friends. 
Let me tell you this, because it's really interesting. Jesus only hung out with those people to be the light of the gospel to them. That's the only reason he was hanging out with them. That's the only reason he spent time with anybody. That's his mission here on earth, you know, in his ministry, was to bring the good news, was to bring people into the kingdom. So if you are hanging out with, you know, all sorts of people that aren't good people that are influencing you in a bad way, and you're trying to say, oh no, Jesus hung out with these types of people. If you're not hanging out with them to bring them into the gospel, then we need to check that. Because our heart should always be to bring the people we are surrounding ourselves with, whether they're Christian or whether they're not, it should always be to bring them to get closer to God. If we're hanging out with non-Christian friends, man, that's awesome. We should be, our desire should be to bring them into the things of God, to share the gospel with them, to encourage them, to be the light of Jesus Christ to our friends, our neighbors, our family, our relatives, regardless of who they are, our desire should be to bring them into the things of God. That's what it should be. And you know, you look at the thing with, with, with Jesus, his desire was to bring them into the kingdom. And I'll tell you this, they were not attracted to the sinful nature in Jesus. Why? Because he had zero sinful nature. He was 100% God, 100% man, 100% pure, 100% holy. That's who he was. So there was no chance they were trying to, you know, get, get with him because, you know, they're going to do something mischievous. No, they were attracted to him because of his purity. They weren't attracted to him because he was worldly. They were attracted to him because he was holy. That's what their desire for Jesus Christ was. And so unless people are seeing, because sometimes people, like, you know, they, they see the sinful nature within us or the, the bad things, and they begin to, you know, align themselves with that. But I'll tell you this, if you've got godliness within you and you become a light to the, the, your friends, I'll tell you this, that is a great place to be because we are doing the work of the ministry. We are sharing the gospel. We're being the light for salvation. That, that's a powerful thing. James 4.4, you adulterous people, that's a harsh start to the uh, scripture there, but uh, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. What does that mean? Becoming a friend with the world means you're an enemy of God. That's not talking about being a friend with people in the world. That's talking if you align yourself with the ways of the world and become a friend with the structure of the world, with the, these uh, ungodly things, you become an enemy against God. You put enmity against God. And I want to tell you this, that Jesus Christ, when you, looked on, when you look at his walk here on earth, his closest friends were the disciples. His closest friends, the people he spent most of his time with, were the people that really put Christianity across the map. <laughs> Those were the people he was spending his time with. And so I want to encourage us, we should be spending most of our time with people that are going to push us into the things of God. We need people that we can talk life, life's issues with. Sometimes we go around life and we, you know, we have friends and we have people around, but we don't actually talk the issues that we're facing. So especially as men, because, you know, men, we think, you know, I'm, I'm a man, I, you know, I'm Superman, I do my thing, and, you know, no one can tell me what to do, I'm just going to soldier on. But I'll tell you this, the best thing for us can, that, that we can do as men and as women is that we open up and that we have guys and girls around our life that we can trust and we can talk to. 
Because when we talk to, when we confess, when we bring things out, I'll tell you this, it helps you out. Some of the battles we face, we were never designed to battle those things on our own. We were always designed to, you know, bring the, you know, share these things that, like I said before, my battle is your battle. Your battle is my battle. We fight these things together. Is that good? That's good. And I kind of see it like this. We have all sorts of friends and people around and stuff, but we have almost like an inner circle. It's not like a clique, like, you know, people say, us four, no more. You know, us three, no room for me, you know, type of thing. But it's like, I'll tell you this, that when we have a few people around our life that we can trust and that you can talk to, that is a good thing. That's not to be despised. It's not to be like, oh, you know, you can't only have a few close friends. No, no, no. I'll tell you this, when you have godly friends around your life that you can share with, that you can talk with, that they can be there for you, I'll tell you this, that is a great thing because those friends will help inspire you. They'll pray with you. They'll stick through the battles. They'll stick through the hardship of life. These are the people that you want. These are the people that will be there for you, which is really good. You know, some of us, I think, need to decide to cut some of our friendships. And if we have got people that are influencing us and pulling us out of the things of God, I would seriously consider hanging out with that person. I would begin to hang, you know, just push that little relationship aside. And I'll tell you this, when you begin to order that friendship, there is a, <laughs> there's a blessing on that. You know, when you begin to align yourself with godly people, there is a blessing. And if they're pulling you out of the things of God, I want to tell you right now, it's not worth it. Because if they're pulling you out of the godly things that you're trying to get pushed into, it's just not worth your relationship with God. You know, sometimes you've got to wonder, is my relationship with this person worth the expense of my relationship with God? And I'll tell you 100% it's not. Never. Because our relationship with God should be our number one priority. That's it. Our relationship with God should be number one. And so anything that kind of is pulling us out of that, we should get rid of that. We should chop those things. And I'm not saying every non-Christian person you hang out around with, anyone that's got sinful nature, I mean, we're all sinners. But I'll tell you this, we we shouldn't be like, oh, let's cut every bad person around life, because that's not even right. That's not biblical. But I'll tell you this, the people we spend our closest amount of time with, we should really make sure those are godly people. And I'll tell you this, sometimes, because we have cousins, friends, relatives that we've been brought up with, our best friends we may have known since we have kids, you know, or since we were kids, I'll tell you this, that just because you've been brought up with them doesn't mean that you should continue doing life with them. If they're making bad decisions and things that aren't great, maybe it's time to pull back from that. And, you know, even, it's, and sometimes it's hard. It's not easy. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, it's the easiest thing in the world. No, no, no. These things are hard because you've got memories. You've got inside jokes. You know, you've got all the things with these people. But sometimes it's the, these decisions we must make for the sake of our relationship with the Lord. And when we begin to put God first, like Dad's been talking about since, you know, the start of the year, when we put God number one, everything else falls into place. There is a blessing on everything else. So I'll tell you this, if you decide to put God first and maybe cut those friendships, I can tell you this, God will bring people around your life, you'll be so thankful that they're there. And they will shape your walk. The people around us help shape our walk with Christ. They help mold us, which is really important. So what is a good friend? Let's turn to Galatians 5, 22. 
And this here is talking about the fruit of the Spirit, because I'll tell you this, the fruit of the Spirit is the exact you know, attributes that make up a good friend. Verse 22. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I'll tell you what, that right there describes a great, great friend. A friend that has got love, that has joy, that has got peace, that is patient with you, that is kind to you, that has got goodness, that is faithful, that's not going to leave, that's not going to forsake, that's going to stick there with you, that's gentle, that's not harsh, it's got self-control, it's not going to you know, get angry and violent with you, that has self-control. This is a good godly friend. These are attributes of a godly friend. And so... Why am I saying this? Because when the Holy Spirit dwells in someone, they should have the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is a good godly friend. And so a good godly friend to hang out with is someone that is filled with the Holy Spirit because they have those attributes within them. And I think for us as well, this is about choosing our friends, but it's also about being a good friend to others. And we should begin to check our own lives and begin to make sure that what we are doing is actually good to other people. If we are brushing people off, if we're being snobby, if we're doing things that aren't great, I'll tell you this, that, you know, we need to check ourselves. Check that, make sure that we are being a good friend, that we're not just, you know, brushing people aside and not honoring the people around us. We should put tremendous honor on our friends and the people around us. And I'll tell you this, that when Jesus Christ is in you, one of the first things that will happen is that you have a love for other people. Because that is the very nature of Jesus Christ, is his love for people. So when he dwells within you, you have that same love and that same compassion for others. And so when you've got godly friends that love one another, that is a great, great thing. Amen? Amen and amen. And, you know, in the kingdom of God, I am a believer that there should be no snobby Christians. That's not true because there are tons of snobby Christians. Right? People that are you know, rude and arrogant and stuff like that. But I'll tell you this, that when God truly dwells within you, we should cherish the people around us. We shouldn't be brushing people off, being snobby and all these type of things. You know, we should be putting tremendous value on the people around us, which is good. So I've got a list here. Friends to avoid and friends not to be. And uh, I'm going to go through this list. And this is the friends that we should watch out for. And at the same time, this is the friends that we should not be ourselves. So number one I've got here, the soulish friend. What does that mean? This right here, if you understand, there is, within us there is a spiritual nature and there is a soulish nature. The spiritual nature desires the things of God. This is a, the thing within you, your spirit, is the very thing that chases after God. When you want to praise Him, when you want to you know, lift up His name, when you want to you know, share the gospel, that's not your soul, that's your spirit. Right? Your soulish nature, on the other hand, this is where your mind, your will, your emotions are. Right? The, the, the thoughts you think, the feelings you have, the emotions you carry, that's your soulish nature. And often in life, we can be a soulish friend. And what does that mean? Is that we are a friend that is really about the emotion of it. But I'll tell you this, when you have a spiritual friend that has based its friendship on the things of God, that is a great, great friend to have. And I'll tell you why. Because soulish friendships, what they tend to do, and this is how I discern whether something is of the spirit and something is of the soul, is where they draw you to. If this friendship 
is drawing you and pushing you into the things of God, that is a spiritual relationship. But if this friendship is pulling you to themselves, that is a soulish friendship. The friends we have should be always pushing us into the things of God. Those that we spend time with should push us into the things of God, begin to, you know, begin to encourage us in the, in the Word and prayer. These are the people we should spend our time with. Often, if we have friendships that are pulling us to themselves, where it's all about them, it's all about how you make me feel, about how you did this to me, about how this affects me, that's soulish. But if we have a friend that's saying, you know, this is great for you. I'm praying for you. Do this. That's great. Push you into that. Even at the expense of friendship. Because sometimes I've had friends that I know they're going to do this in the things of God. I know it means they're going to spend less time with me. We might be more distant. But I was more than happy to send that person into that thing with my blessing as a friend because I knew it was the best thing for that person. That should be a heart. is always for the other person, not for ourselves. That's the difference between spiritual friendships and soulish friendships. And let, let us not get mistaken, just because you talk about godly things doesn't mean it's spiritual. The soulish nature can wrap itself all around godly talk, but its heart is always to pull you to them, not to push you into God. And so for us, we need to make sure that as friends, we are not pulling people to us as a friendship, but we are pushing them into the things of God. We're pushing them into their, nat- uh, their, their godly nature. We're pushing them into their destiny. You know, one of my bestest friends got married two days ago. And for me, I know I'm going to lose a brother, right? Like, it's just the way it works. He's, he's getting married and stuff. But for me, it was one of the happiest moments because I knew who he was marrying as a good, godly girl, and he's been pushed into his destiny. So for me, I was over the moon for it. I was like, man, he is stepping into his destiny. But I'll tell you, if it was soulish, I'd be like, oh, you're dogging the boys, all that type of talk. You know, it's like, oh, no, 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 come hang out with us. Can we still have sleepovers at your house, bro? No, 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 I don't care about that stuff. I want him to go chase his destiny. Why? Because that's the best thing for him. And that should be our heart as friends is to begin to push people into their destiny, encourage them in the things of God. So a friend to avoid is a soulish friend. A friend not to be is a soulish friend. We should always be pushing into the things of the Spirit, which is great. The next person that we should, or the next friend that we should avoid is the competitive friend. The friend that always competes against us. Ever had those friends that like, when you like, something bad happens in your life, they're like secretly like really happy. They're like the worst people to be around. Like you break your leg, they're like, oh yes. I was waiting for that, you know. They can't be out on the rugby field scoring the tries now. Like, you know, I'm going to be the one getting the glory. Or the people that, you know, something good happens to you, you get a promotion, something great happens, and they're secretly, like, sad. Like, oh, I wish I had that. You know, they got that nice car. Oh, I'm driving this rust bucket and, like, you know, this type of thing. We shouldn't compete against each other. We should complement each other. Again, pushing uh, pushing each other into the things of God. That should be a heart. We're not to fight against each other. I'll tell you this. A true friend, when you win, I win. When I win, you win. When you lose, I lose. When I lose, you lose. We're in the highs, we're in the lows together. We fight on the mountains, we fight in the valleys. If we're in the trenches, we're doing it together. That is a good godly friend that we should have, and that is a good godly friend that we should be. The next person that we should not hang around with or we should avoid is the disloyal friend. The ones that are only there for the high times, but they are not there for the low times. And by high times, I'm not talking about getting, doing, doing drugs. No, they're there for the high moments in God. You know. But I'll tell you this, that they're there for the good times, 
and the bad times. These people here are the friends that you should have. But if you have disloyal friends that, you know, when the going gets tough, they literally get going and leave. Those shouldn't be the people. We need people that will be our backbone, that will support us when all hell breaks loose, when you get fired from your job, when your car's broken down, when you get evicted from your house, when you can't pay your rent. You have men and women that will be there with you. They will stand there in the thick and they will stand there in the thin. No matter how hard life gets, you need people around that will stand with you. And that's the thing, that's who we should be. We should be fiercely loyal to the people of God. You know, our friends, stand with them, fight with them. Even if they make mistakes, they mess up, they shouldn't have done that, yeah, but let's be there standing with them to see them restored, to see them, you know, fight their battles. We're not all perfect. We all have flaws. We all have issues. But let's be the people that will stand with other people's issues and bring them through into the things of God. Amen. So the disloyal friend. I remember one time uh, when I was a younger man uh, at school. It's at a Catholic school. And um, we, in, in the Catholic church, they do Ash Wednesday. And uh, basically this is, um, I mean, you know, I didn't want to do it because I didn't believe it was right. And so uh, I'm sitting there and I'm in the school and basically everybody else is going up to get Ash Wednesday. And I was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I didn't feel it was right. I was like, no, 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 I'm going to stay here. And I had one other friend that was there who was a, a Christian guy. And he was like, we were like together. You know, there's like, there's strength in the partnership. Like if you're there by yourself, it's so much harder. But when you've got a friend, you can kind of, you know, buddy up against each other. And so everybody else is slowly going up to, you know, get Ash Wednesday. And like, <laughs> we're sitting there, like, with our arms folded, like, nah, we're not going to go. We're going to stand here, stand true to our values type of thing. And then <laughs> we're there, and so I'm like, oh, sweet, sweet, sweet. This is good. This is good. Slowly but surely, we are, like, left as the only two people that are not on the line to get Ash Wednesday. Like, everybody in the entire school is up, and we are there sitting there. And then he's like, <laughs> he comes to me, he's like, I can't. I can't do it. And he just gets up and he goes up and joins the line. And then I'm like, you're my one guy that was meant to be there through the thick and the thin of this Ash Wednesday scenario. And then he leaves me and ditches me. And then so I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have to stick it out. So I stand there by myself as a patron before the Lord. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to compromise on my votes type of thing. And then so I stuck there. But, you know, like you need people that are going to be there when Ash Wednesday comes around, you know. When these things come around, you need people that are going to stick there with you. So the disloyal friend is not the best friend to be hanging around with. But I'll tell you this, the loyal friend, that is a friend to have, which is good. The next friend to avoid, the negative friend. Oh my goodness. Gosh, you talk about someone that will suck the living daylights out of you as a negative person. It's just like constantly bad news. Oh, did you hear about coronavirus? Nah, like I didn't know. Like, you know, the whole world knows about that. Did you hear how many people have died? Did you hear this? Did you hear there's a third wave in Europe? Oh my gosh, they always bring bad news. Did you hear the, oh my gosh, if they open up the borders, there's going to be coronavirus all over here. We're going to go into lockdown. It's always negative. It's like, bro, just be happy, man. Just have something good in your life. Like let the joy of the Lord fill your stomach or something. But it's like, you know, you surround yourself with negative people. I'll tell you this, it's just like, the closest thing to depression when you don't have it. Like, it's just like, oh my gosh. I'll tell you this, get people that are positive, that are filled with faith, that no matter the world, like the world is always going to be messed up. Like, like that's just the nature of this world. We're going to have earthquakes, we're going to have famines, we're going to have all sorts of pandemics going on. 
And it's probably going to get worse, but you need to surround yourself with people that have faith. That when, you know, the world goes to chaos, they're not all scared and, you know, going left, right and center. No, no, no. They're all good because they know their strength is in Christ. These people that are positive, filled with faith, they will get you through. But I'll tell you, the negative people, my goodness, they are just like, make me want to run, jump off the wolf. You know, they just want to do something. But, you know, okay, avoid these people, negative friends. And, okay, and if you are a negative person, I'll tell you this, do everyone a favor and begin to read the Word and begin to get some faith within your spirit. Begin to, I don't know, listen to some Tony Robbins or something, get some inspiration. But, you know, get the Word of God within you Fill yourself up with some positive news so that, you know, you can actually be a blessing to others and not a curse. Amen? Amen. All right. The next person to avoid in friendships is the gossiping friend. My gosh, snakes in the grass. You don't want to hang out with these people. I'll tell you this. A gossiping friend, if they are gossiping about other people to you, there's a good chance they're gossiping about you to others. Whatever you tell them is probably going bing. They go on their phone, text everybody else they know, and then all of a sudden everybody knows your private business. Don't hang around a gossiping friend. Number one, it's sinful. The Bible talks about slander. And if you align yourself with that friendship and together you are gossiping about others, that is not good. That is not a good thing to have. Dad's talked about this before. There is power in connection. If you align yourself with godly things, there is power in that. If you connect into the church, there's power in that. It's a principle. But if you align yourself with people and gossip and begin to undermine others, begin to talk negatively about others, begin to slander others, there is a power in that. And I'll tell you, it's not a godly power. It's demonic power. And you don't want that. That connection is not a good connection to have. You shouldn't align yourself with gossiping friends. And we shouldn't get involved with gossip. If people are gossiping about others to you, say, you know what, later bowl. Like, I'm done, you know. I'm not going to join with you while you talk trash about this person. This person is a good person. They may have issues. We've all got issues, but I'm going to honor them. So see you later. You know, we begin to honor other people, not get involved with gossip, not tear people down. We are called to lift people up, to raise people up. That's the nature of the gospel, lift people up. One of the things I hate is when I hear people say they don't go to church because there's too much gossip. Or, you know, I get judged for what I wear. I get judged for this. It's like the church should be the most welcoming place. And I know none of us are like that. But, you know, we should be in this place. We should be the most welcoming people that we invite people into the things of God. Amen? Amen. That's really good. So the gossiping friend. Avoid Proverbs 16, 28. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. When you get gossip involved in your friendship, I'll tell you this. It won't last long. That thing will blow up. You said this about me. I heard you said this. It all goes on. And then, you know, all of a sudden there's a big rift and you've got a big scenario to deal with. So gossip, avoid that in friendships. Next one, the taker friend. Always taking, always taking. You know, they take your time, they take your money, they take your resources, they take everything that you have, but they don't give back. And it's like, oh my gosh, you're like a leech. A leech on my friendship. You know, just sucking my resources out, sucking my time, all these things. These people are not the best people to be around. You should be around generous people. And we should be generous people ourselves. 
stingy friends, but oh my gosh, that's like the worst when you're like, you shout them a meal and then they're like, or they shout you something and they're like, oh yeah, remember that time I shouted you that I uh, think that was like $3.75? Yeah, um, this thing is uh, $3.75, so if you can pay that right now, it'd be really good. It's like, what the heck, man? I'll just give you the money. Like, you know, we should be generous out of the overflow. Just who cares? You give, I give, we give, we give to each other. You know, that's our friendship. That's what it should be based on. Uh, now, you know, we're constantly returning the favor. You know, generous friends are good friends, which is great. Here's one to avoid, the angry friend. Oh, my gosh. You know, ever, be, <laughs> ever been around a hothead that, like, you're just, like, waiting for them to explode? You, like, push a couple of the wrong buttons and you go walk away with two black eyes? Like, that's how you feel? Like, those are, like, the worst type of friends to be around. I had a couple of those friends at school. I was like, yeah, not good. Uh, but, you know, you, you want to be around people that are calm and collected and that don't have, God, like, you know, a raging temper. No, and we want to be people that don't have a raging temper. If we, you got that and you know you got that deep down within you, get some ministry, get some deliverance. You'll help us all out. And you know, it's, <laughs> we need to deal with that. <laughs> I'm sick of walking around here. No. Uh, but, you know, angry friends, you know, people that like, <laughs> yeah, you, you want to make, be around calm people. And because, you know, the, the, the Bible is clear about this. Proverbs 22, 24, make no friendship with an angry man. And with a furious man, do not go. The Bible is just saying, don't be friends with an angry person. It's pretty clear. All right? And we should begin to work on these things, you know, exercise patience, grace around our friends. If they make mistakes, it's all good. If they fill up your bike with petrol from Tor instead of Triad, it's not the end of the world. You know, we can always just get out the hose and siphon that thing out. You know, it's not bad. You know, we can sort that out. But sometimes we can be quick to react or overreact and get angry at our friends and do all these things. But sometimes we need the grace of the Lord and our friendships, which is good. Uh, but, you know, what I'm, my heart here this morning is not to us as godly people to try and make us all inclusive. And, you know, we only hang out with Christians. That's all we do. No, 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 no. I'm saying we need to be wise about who we align our hearts with. Because if we align our hearts with things that aren't great, it's not good for our spirit. But if we align our, uh, our heart with people that are godly, that are chasing after the things of the Lord, that are spiritual friendships, not soulless friendships, these things will push you into the things of God. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.